Welcome to episode 77 of the John Papaloni Show. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Erica. How are you, Erica? I am great, John. I'm super excited. Thank you for having me today. Absolute pleasure. Like uh, we are similar industries or somewhat the same industry, maybe a little different angles, but hey, you know what? This is great. So I'm going to get a fresh perspective from what I'm used to, which is good. And, and so that's why I got excited about this. I saw what you did. I saw where you were going, what you were doing with it. And um, I thought, you know what? I got to get you on the show because <laughs> I want a different perspective from my own. Yeah, I'm very excited to as well to learn, you know, a couple of um, new things. You always learn something new from everybody you talk to, right? So I'm super excited about this new conversation we're going to have. For sure. I like to start off every podcast with a uh, brief bio or a long bio, whichever one doesn't matter as long as it gets the point. Like it's more of where did you start? And I, it could be even before coaching, before real estate, like, wh like what basically from the starting point to now, how did you get into it and why? Absolutely. You know, I've always seems for the longest time, over a decade, I've been in, in sales in some port, all the, from the beginning of, hey, you want a candy bar with your movie tonight? You know, all the way through um, car deals, right? I, I sold um, luxury cars. And I absolutely loved the experience of talking, like we just said, talking to new people, you can always um, meet somebody new and learn something new from people. And um, I'd always done pretty well in sales without really trying, right? I just talked to people, had conversations with people and seemed to do pretty well with that. And, you know, when I got to car sales, that was probably five, six years ago. I, I was tired of people literally leaning away from me when, you know, they'd walk onto the lot. They're so scared of car salespeople. And I was like, I really just want to help people. So I thought, let's just take this to the next level and, and I'll sell houses, right? Those people won't lean away from me. Man, who was I kidding? <laughs> right? It's almost a, a parallel move. I'm selling more expensive things, but the people, the view is almost the same. And I was very disheartened about that. And I was also very disheartened at the lack of, of training and guidance I was given, especially dealing with people's largest assets. Looking around, I'm discovering I'm not the only person here that doesn't know what we're doing, right? And then <laughs> we're going to listing appointments, pretending we know it all. And we're like, yeah, look at your CMA. And I talk to agents all the time that don't even know how to pull a CMA. I'm like, how are you going to pull it? How is this happening? Right? So I, I started struggling on my own and I started needing to make business happen once I got into real estate. And so I took it upon myself to start watching all these YouTube videos and, and, and trial and error and talking to producers around the world or not around the world, really around the country and seeing what worked for them, right? And reading all the books and, you know, really the trial and error was helped the most. Um, when I was actively selling real estate, I was with a um, my ex at the time, and he would go out on the appointments that I would set. So we had this great thing. I'd sit down all day long, and I'd set appointments. He'd go out and close them. It was it was beautiful, right? So I started really finding that I could really set appointments where the other agents were struggling, and I really didn't want them to struggle anymore. And that's when I really started getting into coaching, and I figured out how to teach them how to start setting the appointments on their own and leveraging that and just really taking their business off from there. So, um, yeah, sorry, I did take the long bio option on that oh, route. Great. <laughs> right. So that makes sense. Okay. So yeah, you just wanted to help other people. Are you still selling or is that, uh, you know, on the side now? So it's mostly on the side full-time. I do, um, I full coach full-time. So I don't want to have to take away from my clients in order to sell and practice. Um, I am going to reinstate my license coming up here again. I was, I've just 
been out of it for about six months or so, but I'm going to grab it back again, just to make sure that I'm still in touch with our contracts and, and things still, you know, overall rounded coach. Ah, okay. So I took a different approach. I still have an active license. Well, mm -hmm. I'm still selling, but that's besides the point. Um, I did it and I thought one of my advantage points would be the fact that I'm still actively licensed. Absolutely. Most people, when they get into the business, they drop the license. Yep. Right. Like that, that's just common. Right. And I mean, yours, you've been out for six months or so no big deal, but, um, I've heard of people's, you know, coaching, they've been out of the business for 25 years. Yes. Now they have their perspectives and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I was just looking at my angle being different by saying I'm still in the field. I agree. And I agree. Right. Because there's all these nuances, especially within a market that you would have no idea. Otherwise, if you're not, if you're not in it. Yeah. So, and again, you know what? I'm a, a real estate investor myself, so it's good to have the license even just for yes. that, if not uh, for any other thing. But like I said, I'm still active. Uh, we just had our award ceremony a few days ago. Congratulations. Woo! Yeah. You know, we're in December. Everybody's number one in this month. Yes, let's go. <laughs> that, that's the other thing that gets me about real estate. Right? Like It's one of those things that um, it, it's based on gross commission, not net commission. Mm -hmm. So you can do $200,000 in sales and you can spend 400000 to make the 200000 but you're an award winner. Yes, yes. <laughs> So I mean, I you're going to have to Uber on the way back home, but Hey, you got that award with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Right. So, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's part of the growing pains. Yes. hundred percent. And it's still, you know, I mean, it's just being recognized. So people recognize what you do, right. Or in your, what you have done. Right. So, right. which is great. You know, I'm not knocking it, but it's just funny. You would think, okay, you hear big numbers and you would think, oh, okay. So person did really well. Meanwhile, they're uh, swiping one credit card to get paid with the other credit card. And so, <laughs> so, but it's great. I mean, it, it's just, I always found that fascinating from the time I got into the business. Everybody's number one. So I mean, if everyone's number one, who's number two? Right. You know, I, I tell, that's something I tell my agents a lot. You know, when you go out on a listing appointment, every brokerage is number one in something. So what is the actual benefit of that? You know, what does number one actually mean? Yeah, which is why I don't promote that stuff because again, I feel honored if I'm honored, right? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, I just don't put merit into it. Right. Uh, because let's face it, we're supposed to, like our number one priority is to our clients, not to uh, vain metrics. Right. So, and I, and I, and I put clients first, obviously. Mm -hmm. So anyways, it is what it is. So that's, um, you know, I, I like the fact that you're going to get your license back like that. So that, that's good. We got a good, you know, thing there. Now, yeah. again, um, where are you located, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not expect that. Although <laughs> I searched your profile, so I should know that. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. 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 What does, um, I would say, like, what's your market like there? Like, extremely low inventory right now. You know, we have um, more agents than we do houses. Yeah, so it's it's one of those situations. And being able to understand the trends in the market and being able to switch and go to listings right away, you know, is something that's going is very helpful for our agents down here. Uh, but you know, our days on market, um, less than a week, oftentimes, we're having, we're breaking over 100% on the list of price or list of sale ratio. So yeah, it's, it's, it is a very exciting market if you're a listing agent, and it's very rough if you're on the buying side. Right. So it's pretty much the same as here. I'm in Toronto, Ontario. And uh, we list something on Thursday by Monday, it's offer date by Tuesday, it's gone. Yeah. Right. It's uh, yep. just crazy. But which brings up my point here. 
So, I mean, obviously in the coaching business, you're helping, you're going to find a lot of people are going to be struggling with the buying side. Yes. So where I'm going with this is that I'm a buyer, a buyer's agent, sorry, not a buyer. I'm a buyer's Mm -hmm. agent and I just lost out on six deals. My clients are frustrated. I feel hopeless and I don't know what to do. Yep. What would you tell me if I, with that scenario? So I have something that I like to say that it's, um, it's, it's make programs, not promises. All right. So we're not going to go out there and be like, I'm going to promise I'm going to find you a house. We're going to stick with it. I promise we're going to do this. Let's go turn that promise into an actual program and do something about it. So for those buyers that are tired of submitting offer after offer, and it's your seventh and 10th offer, and you're about ready to give up, and you're tired of this competition, let's, let's enjoy my hidden home program. All right, we're going to go off market. Tell me what you're looking for in the home. We're going to go off market. Let's avoid being, you know, dealing with all these multiple offer situations, right? And from the agent perspective, you're prospecting at the same time. So you're not even wasting any time, right? You're hitting two birds with one stone. Learn what they're looking for. Go into programs like Remine or, you know, um, programs that show you off market data and you can pull their information and call them. And guess what? How awesome is it to say, I actually have a buyer for your house and not be lying about it. That's true. Yeah. So I look for ways to actually, you know, because you can go online with that. Hey, you know, if you're tired of submitting offer after offer, let's talk. What are you looking for? Let's go off market. Enjoy my hidden home program or whatever name you want to come up with. Right. But again, you're you're collecting um, information. You're collecting leads from people or not leads from people. You're collecting leads and you're going um, you're prospecting at the same time and helping that person. Okay. And I mean, how, how awesome is that? And how many other agents are out there doing that? Yeah. Not, not many, to be honest. We're putting up um, home criteria, right. And we're saying, well, nothing this week. Well, nothing this week. Guess you're not moving. You know, sorry. Tough market. Very true. Right. And, And that's the thing, right? Everyone relies on that MLS, but it takes a very special person to go beyond that. A professional. Yeah. Right. So again, like you said, we all have the, uh, Toronto has the same thing. I think we're up to not even just Toronto, all of Ontario, I think has like 92,000 agents. So 92,000 agents, and there's usually 90,000 transactions. So we have like 2000 agents more than we have transactions. Right. So, and then you take into effect that 80%, you know, 20% of the agents are actually making most of those sales, right? Yes, that's exactly what I say. 15% make a living, 3% make a uh, ridiculous living, and then uh, 2% are, are sort of uh, their Ferraris, their winter car, because the summer car is even better. Yep. So, <laughs> but uh, everyone thinks the 2% is everybody. <laughs> yes, yes, it's true. But yeah, okay. So, but like even going into prospecting, right? How, how did you, okay, you got into coaching. Obviously, I know why. But how did that begin? And like, how do you prospect? How do you get out there? Like, what are some of your tactics? So I was new to Albuquerque when I got into real estate. Well, I was a couple of years in, but I'm not kind of a person that typically branches out for the most part. I went to work and stayed with my family for the most part. When I got into real estate, that didn't work, right? (laughs) First of all, I didn't know where the houses were. I didn't understand the market. I didn't understand anything. Um, And secondly, I didn't know anybody. So I started for sale by owners and expired. I got Vulcan 7 and I sat down and I called all day long. Um, I loved it. I loved setting appointments. I was able to do it real quick. And then I took an ISA position at the um, team that I worked with. And that's when I really started helping other people. 
and saying, okay, here's actually the the language. And what I noticed that was different with my tactics, John, was questions. So I actually say that I'm I'm client-centered conversion, not transaction-centered conversion. That's actually like phase two of what I take people through. A lot of our scripts that you see, a lot of questions that are asked are strictly to get the transaction or get an appointment and they're not really focused on that client and how you can service the client right and the funny thing is when you can actually service the client and you're actually interested in the client you convert higher yes that's true see that's i I noticed that myself right now most of the ads out there are um agent focused not uh client focused let's be honest um nobody gives a crap about the you're just sold or you're just listed the only person who gives a damn about that is you. Yeah. Right. But um, okay. There are maybe somebody, if you're selling a street on one, two, three main street and the neighbor at one, two, six main street might be interested, but that's about it. Yeah. And, and, and chances are the neighbor is going to call you, whether you send those postcards or not, or not call you. Yeah. Right. Like I don't think a postcard or an online ad is going to make a difference. Right. And so many realtors out there are doing that and that's the the focus of their online marketing is they're just sold just listed um and stuff like that and sometimes they're even advertising other people's listings not even their own right so people see that all day long that 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 doesn't separate us right i agree right so what you said there about you know about the fizzbos and stuff that that kind of makes you different that's going after a different thing Mm -hmm. so i mean it's not just going after the usual with the usual tactics. Right. And I love how the fact that, you know, through your own work, you found other people to help. Mm-hmm. So you, it goes back to the principle of, of dealing with people, you know, like, and trust or know right. you like you and trust you. I mean, yes. And so, it's so funny. Right. And even going back to the the lead source, when we're talking about people jumping from lead source to lead source, like you haven't even given them the opportunity to know, like, and trust you before you are moving on to the other one. Or they barely even know you, and you're like, "This doesn't work." Can you move it on? Yeah, right. Like it, it's it's one of those things that like it takes a long time to get recognized, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, like marketing is. Let's be honest, marketing is the repetitiveness, right? That's what it comes down to. But it's got to be repetitive interest <laughs> these days. It's not just yes. repetitive, yes. right? And you can't just have the same thing over and over and over and over because that's how you become boring, right? But consistency consistency delivers and look at my podcast like I, I was telling you before we started recording it i've been on it for three years three years of, of consistent week in week out mm-hmm. um and with that being said like i am now three years later starting to go out and people are starting to recognize me from seeing all mm-hmm. the videos from listening to the podcast but it took three years to get response right right most people would have gave up six uh, you know six months if you're lucky yeah, they probably wouldn't have lasted that long. Yeah, like, so yeah, you're right. It's about the consistent work. Mm-hmm. So now, okay, so now you got you, you're into coaching. You've met, met people obviously through your work, and somebody's interested in your program. Where do they go from there? I'm assuming obviously you're going to start off with a uh, with a some uh, 20 minute conversation or consult to see if it's a good fit. Absolutely right. We're going to chat. Ch- Real quick, make sure it's a good fit. I'm pretty energetic, energy type, you know, and not everybody um, vibes with that all the time. So making sure it's a good fit and really making sure that I understand what they're looking to accomplish as well. 
right? So making sure I understand where what real estate means to them and actually making sure that real estate is, they, they need to be successful in real estate, right? I, I don't want to just, you know, oh yeah, I, I want to try real estate, nah, you know? I don't want to try to coach you, you know? I want to, hey, we're going we're gonna to do this thing, right? So making sure it's a good fit and that they're actually ready to have success in real estate, not HGTV real estate, right? Like actual, the business, let's go, let's grind, like let's get it done. Right. So that, that's awesome. Okay. So now you discovered that they, that they're a good fit, mm-hmm. like go through your program on how it works and how, you know, how often it is and stuff like that. Yeah. So we have, and thank you for um, allowing me to explain. So um, I work off of something, my offer is called the exponential profits blueprint. And I have three different phases that, that we work through. And number one, it's the, the, the customized lead mix system, creating the right lead sources. I find so many people don't have the right active versus passive lead mix, or they're confusing, um, marketing with lead generating, right? Or, you know, just they're relying on all passive lead generation and they want check now, you know, so making sure they have the right lead sources set up um, and then taking them through that client-centered conversion, getting the right, having them understand what the right questions are, the psychology behind the people that we're talking to, right? Not just old fashioned sales techniques. Yes, there's sales techniques in there because yes, we are salespeople. We, We have to do that sometimes to help our clients. Um, but really why we're doing what we're doing as well. You know, I don't want them to just plug and chug what worked for me. I want them to understand why we're doing this so that way they can recreate it in their own business while I'm right there helping them. Um, and then thirdly, we do profitable follow-up, right? We know follow-up. Oh man, there's a stat out there, John, that, um, so we know most sales are made between the six and 12 conversation, right? So, um, less than 10% of agents even make it to the third conversation. You so know, that's the interesting part. <laughs> Good. Like the stats are out there, yet people still ignore it. Oh, it hurts me. It hurts me. So, um, you know, that's that's a huge, huge, huge um, gap that is in the, the in the coaching industry. I think I don't. I think we are we're so we're listening to what our clients want, which is lead generation, lead generation, lead generation. We're giving them all these ideas, but I think we're 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 hurting them because we're almost shotgunning lead sources to them and then they're left picking up the pieces and they have no idea how to follow up afterwards right and so they don't have the systems to follow up they don't know how to follow up they don't even know that they or how to follow up with somebody that might say that they're not interested those are still people we need to follow up with right those are 80 percent of our income right. uh, so creating those systems is something i help them do as well well remember not interested means i'm not interested in today yeah, not right now. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not interested in you. Exactly. And often we take things so personal that I'm not ready. I don't want to buy. It's almost like, oh my God, he didn't want to buy from me. No, right. didn't say that. No. It said, I'm not ready, not interested now. Yeah, I don't have enough information. You know, I I, I need this information spun differently so I can understand the value and then I'll be all on board, right? <laughs> yeah, well, let's look at another fact. A lot of people the first time they make contact and have a question, a lot of them are usually a year to two years away before they're actually ready. They're just getting ready now. Right. So which highlights the importance of that follow-up. Like you said, that's why it takes the 12 contacts to actually land the deal. Right. Right. And if you think about it, we're often following up once a month. That's a year, you know, when you look at it. So it all makes perfect sense. And then, you know, another part of that, where I think people are going wrong is we're not using our CRMs a lot. 
right? Where we're not relying on our technology. Our CRMs are a gosh darn assistant for us. Yes, I agree with you. I, I, that's totally it, right? Like, um, a CRM, like, yeah, we could put our uh, phone numbers in Google, but you know what? Google does not give us the information we, we need. It doesn't tell you that you spoke to the person three months ago about XYZ. It doesn't keep in contact. It doesn't send out newsletters. It doesn't, you know, there's many different touch points. Touch points are not always on the phone while going hello. That's a form of touch point. Yes. Right. So like, and that's the thing, right? Like, utilizing that CRM is definitely, definitely, definitely key. Right. Right. And, and it doesn't have to be where, you know, you're sitting in front of your CRM all day long. If you're brand new uh, to your CRM or using your CRM and want to implement that habit, right. Start easy. Tell yourself 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. I'm going to pop in the morning or pop in, you know, before you end your day, go ahead and grab your post-it notes, put them in the CRM, right. Update your relationships. Who did you talk to throughout the day? And again, that's going to keep your business in front of you as well. Your, I feel my, my saying is your CRM is your business. If it's not in your CRM, it's not even happening, right? You're going to forget about that person. Love that quote right there, right there. If it's not in your CRM, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I, that, that's, that's, that's amazing advice right there. Like that, that is so true. Because mm-hmm. you know what? I don't remember what I did yesterday. I have to I look know. at my calendar. I do too. Right? I don't so, know what's happening after this. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and that's the thing, right? So often we try to remember everything off the top of our head. Yeah. And you know what? I think it's all about the details and how yes. can you have all the details in your head all the time? Right. You can't. You're going to drive yourself crazy. So it's true. Now I'm going to ask you to break down the CRM process for you. Yep. So for me, I'm the kind of person that likes to have my CRM on my desktop. When I am prospecting, especially since I, you have to prospect with intention. So you have to prospect around your day or not, not that you put your day around your prospecting, not prospecting around your day. So you have to be intentional. So sit down with your computer, with my desktop and I'm calling. And while I'm talking to the people, I'm taking notes while I'm, I'm typing. I, I was able to do that in a previous job. So I have that skill still. And so when I'm done, I have long notes. I actually created a template for myself that way. Whenever I have a new conversation, I just copy the template, put it in there. And, you know, it has the basic information. That way I just have to type the sentences after the template. You know, so that's something that makes it real quick and make sure that you get all the pieces of information. Because I'm sure you've had calls like me where you've hung up the phone. You're like, what was their address? What was their email? What was the appointment? You know, so making sure that you um, are able to capture all that information up front and not after you hang up. Um, so, and then making sure that you're logging your calls, right? I think it's so important to know when you log your calls, you're able to see, okay, I've called four days in a row at eight o'clock in the morning. Maybe I should call at five o'clock in the evening, right? Maybe I need to switch up the time of day that I'm calling. So you are not going to know that if you do not have your, if you're not putting that in your CRM, right? Um, whenever the, the tasks, I think tasks are number two or number one most important thing out of your CRM. If you're not setting reminders, again, that person's just going to fall into the abyss. You know, when you have 10 people to keep track of, it's not that hard. But when you have 100 people that you're trying to keep track of, if you don't have reminders or tasks to follow up with that person, again, if you have a two-minute conversation, they're gone like that. You're going to forget about them, right? It's just as bad as that post-it note there. Um, so making sure that I have a reminder on every single person that I talk to. And I like to set four reminders on everybody that just 
that knock out the phone calls for the year. So four quarterly phone calls. And so for anybody who's listening, a super easy, basic follow-up plan for anybody, a monthly email, your monthly newsletter, right? And then a quarterly phone call, all right, quarterly. And um, there's an acronym I learned from um, a previous team, and it's the STIR acronym, S-T-I-R. Stands for Surprise, Teach, Inefficiency, and Reconnect. And so you can kind of use these different categories to help you if you're not sure how to follow up with somebody, you can use those categories to say, okay, well, you know, I surprised them with a phone call, their daughter had a birthday, and I reached out and, you know, wished her happy birthday and, you know, congratulated them on the events or whatever. Um, And then T for teach, market staff, or home maintenance, or... um, anything up. <laughs> um, yeah, right. And then so just going through those different categories. And that's just a great easy way to, to stay connected with everybody, right? Quarterly phone call, monthly email, very basic, very easy to do. So I'll set up those four quarterly tasks, and then I'm on to the next person. Um, I'd say one more one more thing, John, is that I do adjust the status and um, the type of person. So if it's a buyer, um, I do buyer and whether they're a new lead, active, closed, and I do that so that way the CRM will actually calculate those numbers for me, or I can calculate it manually if the CRM doesn't. Right, that makes sense. I'm, I'll be honest, that's my weak point. I'm terrible at that. <laughs> I, I like it's one of those things. I, rem- you know what it is. I never set it to active. I, I just don't fill in that spot. Right. But it happened, and that's the one thing my brain does remember. I yeah. remember who's what, where, when. I mean, yeah. like I had an anniversary with a client, uh, like a, a buying anniversary, uh, November 28th. And I just remember that naturally. I didn't, uh, it was in my calendar and it wasn't in my agenda and it's part of my reminders, mm-hmm. but, uh, I've never put whether they were sold by, you know, a buyer, seller, active, right. closed. I didn't, yeah. I didn't put that in there, but I, I, I knew the anniversary was that day without That's even awesome. getting the reminder. Because um, it's important to you, right? It matters to you. Yeah. But, and but I'm a numbers just, guy. Yeah. So that, that lands on a number. So that I'll remember the number. I'll forget yeah. everything else. I don't even remember. I won't even remember who the person is other than the name. Yeah. But I remember the number and the date because yeah. there's a number, right? I, that's just my strength. Yep. Everyone's different. I don't suggest trying that. No. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> just remember it. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the point of a CRM is to fully utilize it. That's what you just said, right? Like, so, but we all have weak points and that's what I got to work on. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, really the, the benefit that I find the most of actually, you know, taking the time to do that is when you go and take like quarterly looks at your return on investment, right? If you do have multiple sources like for sale by owners and internet leads and open houses and sphere of influence, if you put that in, you can go back and look quarterly and say, okay, this is how many conversations I had with FISBOS and this is how many I actually closed. And, you know, you could do that for your sources and kick out a lower source and double down on what's working or, you know, make business decisions that way. And it's hard to do that strategically without that information, right? Because we're, we're doing on what we feel is, is out there. True. Um, no, I'll be honest. Yeah. I'll be honest. I do have like where I get my source, whether it's online, referral, um, door knocking, FISBO, whatever. I do have that in there. And yeah. I do have the names of anybody they may have referred to me. Like, yeah. so if I, if I sold to Kelly and Kelly had uh, referred Bob to me, I have those links. So I know awesome. that Bob came from Kelly. Right. I, I just forget to turn off the active part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah, continue. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, that's pretty much it. I really make sure that so I, I jump in every single day, right? You want to be your CRM is your business. You pull up your Facebook, you pull up your email, you pull up your CRM, 
it's one of those systems you pull up first thing in the morning. And depending on, I've seen a wide variety of CRM. So just depending on the capability of yours, you know, um, the, the CRM that I used was able to show me what happened on my website over the previous night and new text messages, new emails. So it was a great way to plan out your day. Same with where you're putting your tasks in every single day. You don't need to scroll through all of your contacts to figure out who you need to call. Oh my gosh, that's one of the most agonizing things as a coach. Like, who do you need to follow up with today? And they're like scrolling through names. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's just put a task on all of these, right? Go set a task and then call them whenever that day pops up. Because then you have that peace of mind knowing you called everybody you needed to call that day because everybody has a reminder to follow up with them. Man, it's one of the worst feelings, right? Who did I forget to call today? I knew I forget to call someone, right? That's true, right? Like, I agree with you. Now, here, here's the thing, right? I mean, I, I know exactly what you're saying about the morning. And for most yeah. agents, I would recommend the morning because you're fresh. You just get up, have your morning coffee, do your exercise, whatever it is you do first thing in the morning. Then you have your start time. Once you get in your start, you get on the phone, time block yeah. two hours or even an hour if you want to start off with that. And just do all your calls and follow-ups and whether it's emails, uh, always do a portion of calls, portion of emails, portion of text because you, you know who your people are and you know yeah. whether they prefer to be on the phone or prefer to be text. Yeah. You know, that's key to, you know, follow up what they want to do, right? So instead of trying, you know, because if somebody doesn't want to talk on the phone and you keep calling, you're obnoxious. Yeah. But uh, if they're a text person, text them. It doesn't yeah. even have to be about real estate. You don't have to text and say, hey, do you know anyone who's looking to buy and sell? No. Right. Just a simple, hello, we haven't talked in a little while. thought I would check in. How you doing? Yep. Right? It's that simple. It's, it is that simple. And I believe in timetables, right? Like I have all my day planned out and yep. I, I plan a week in advance. And obviously sometimes things adjust, right? And I believe in time blocking. So now, yeah. now I do my prospecting calls at different times because a lot of times I'm running around like a chicken with its head cut off. I mean, intentionally not, uh, <laughs> you know, sporadic, right? but it's one of those things because I travel a lot, like between different spots that, uh, I, you know, we're salespeople. We spend most of our times in our car. Mm-hmm. And also, as you know, I have the podcast. I do all my content. I do my content in the morning. So my mm-hmm. time block usually is from nine to 11 or nine to 12. I'm doing all my content, rec- you know, recordings and everything. Mm-hmm. So I time block that way. Then mm-hmm. I usually usually use between eleven and twelve, depending which day. Um, I use that time to go do my errands and running around and uh, pop buys and whether I'm dropping off something, whether I'm going to meet somebody. If I book a showing, I might book it during the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But I'm usually home somewhere between three and three thirty. So I time block that area till roughly about five thirty six, and that's when I do my uh, prospecting. But that's mm-hmm. what works with for me. Yes. And Everybody, that's a really good time to call. Yeah, that's true. Cause I figure people are leaving work or yeah. they're just getting home. So between the two, yeah, you know, they haven't started dinner yet and they haven't, and they're not exactly stuck at work. They're getting ready to leave. Mm-hmm. So their mind isn't on work. Mm-hmm. So they'll be more attentive at that point. And anywhere between four and eight, I've had great success. You know, if I, if I've had a bad day and I'm ashamed to admit this, I would avoid that time because I didn't want to talk to anybody. You know, that it's four to eight time is great, especially if you call them in the morning and they don't answer, call them again that night, call them again that night. It is so effective guys. It's so true. And, that, and I'll be honest that I wouldn't, when I wasn't doing the phone calls and this is pre COVID, I'd be doing the door knocking between four and six. Mm-hmm. I find at six o'clock people are eating and uh, you knock on the door and it's like uh, another pass. <laughs> I mean, so. Yes, 
for sure. Mid spaghetti bite. Yeah. I wouldn't want somebody knocking on my door either. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's, I also did it from trial and error because I've tried the morning. Yeah. I tried the afternoon and I found at least in the area that I farm that between four to six tends to be the magic number. And you know, what's really important about what you're saying there, John, is the trial and error. You tried this time, didn't work. You tried this time, didn't work. Then you found the time that worked, right? You didn't say, oh, door knocking doesn't work. Oh, it doesn't work, right? You could have done that, but you didn't. It's about trial and error and finding out what actually is going to work because it is going to work, right? They all work. Absolutely. I, I, again, some things work better than other things. Mm -hmm. And in the way that some things will work more immediate, some things will work more long-term, right. something comes with consistency. Sometimes yep. the problem isn't what you're doing. It's how you're doing how? it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like it, it, it comes down to knowing how you work and what fits you. Do you have to make cold calls? No, you don't. Do you have to door knock? No, you don't. You don't have to do anything. Nope. But you have to do something yeah. and test different things to see what works for you. And when right. you find the magic number of what works for you, then double down on it. Yep. And I think the approach more commonly, I think it's the approach out yes. of anything else, because we assume that when we get a new lead source, we're going to know like, Oh, well, that person's not interested. This person's not interested. Everybody in this lead source, not interested. This is a bunk lead source. I'm like, well, your question sucked. And you know, you didn't really probe or ask any questions you were average like it's kind of you right it's that glenn perry glenn roth thing it's yeah like, the leads don't suck <laughs> and that's the thing right i also believe in authenticity mm -hmm. and being yourself yeah right i mean that's I, i'm not a script guy yeah right i don't believe in scripts to a yep. point mm -hmm. to a point i don't believe in scripts because you're trying to be something you're not I through agree. those scripts right um, and I'll give you an example. One thing I learned early on, because I used to look at the scripts and I remember when my broker showed us the scripts and said, you, you know, these are the things you can do. And I used to look at that and going, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you fail a few times. You're like, okay, let me give it a try. We try. <laughs> right. Like, so it's like, I, I know it works for some people. Don't misunderstand yeah. me, but it's not me yeah. naturally. Right. Right. So I would, I remember, and I was at a friend's house. I won't mention the name in case they're watching, um, but I'm sure the story is going to resonate with that person. Um, I remember I was there, we were in the backyard having a beer and he heard a knock on the door from, cause we were outside in the summertime. So here it is, he's going to walk around. So I thought, okay, whatever. I'm going to wait in the back. You know, I'm not going to, you know, so I'm waiting in the back and, um, all of a sudden I hear some like, uh, guys flipping out and what the heck's going on. So I found out later what happens is I, I guess he gets the same person or a group of people keep knocking on his door, they're door knocking. Right. But I guess that was like the eighth person in the last uh, two weeks. And it was just fed oh. up and agitated. <laughs> I, like, and I remember, and I'm like, and he tells me, he goes, guy knocked under the door. I go, yeah, he's a realtor. Well, what do you expect him to do? Right. Yeah. He goes, I, he doesn't know that, you know, me and we're, you know, like, yeah. what do you expect him to do? He goes, but he doesn't even have anything original. At least the other guys had original things. <laughs> and I sit there going like, oh my God, you're getting technical. But what set him off was the guy knocks up on the door. I go, I'll go. Yeah. Can I help you? And he goes, do you know how much your home is worth? Because what does the guy think? I'm an idiot. I don't know. Like, I don't know what my neighbors are selling for. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, which goes to point out the point that it's not so much what you say, but how you say it. Yep. Right. So, and that's the thing, right? If you turned around and said, hey, I'm in the neighborhood. Do you have any questions I can help you with? Mm -hmm. I go, I can give you an estimate of your home, like a current market evaluation based on what's sold in the area. 
if you would like. You know what I mean? Now you're 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 asking questions. You're not. Do you know your home is worth? No, yeah. I'm stupid. I have no idea. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and it's just the way the guy took it. And I was an older gentleman, right? Uh, like, so it's just the way it was, right? Like, and that's why. So some scripts don't work if you don't yeah. use them right. And that's right. why I believe in the authenticity. Find yeah. what works for you. Yeah. And now, and also, here's another thing. Let me get your perspective on this. I also believe that I'll give you an example. And I've used this so many times, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Like I had someone, a colleague of mine, and I got to stop picking on this guy. <laughs> who asked me uh, if Waterdown was a part of Hamilton. And my answer was this. If you don't know that, you shouldn't be servicing that area. Mm-hmm. Right. But where I'm yeah. going with this point is that I believe you can't be everything for everybody. Right. So if you know, you should have an area that you work in and you should know that area so much that you should be able to tell what that person has in their basement of their mm-hmm. own home and it's their home. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I'm exaggerating to that level, but the point is you should know everything that's happening in the area. If there's a new community being built, that client shouldn't tell you that it's being built because they right. got the letter. You should know that before he gets the letter. Right. You, sh- you, know I what mean? you should know if there, if that area has got, um, oh, what's that word? Um, oh, darn it. I forgot. It's the type of insulation that's bad. I forgot the name of it. But um, but every, certain areas, certain older homes have insulation that, that it can be hazardous. You should know if that area is, you know, Sounds contaminated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there termites there? You should know. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's not like termites showed up last week and we didn't know. It's usually areas that have certain things are very common. And not all homeowners would know that. And some right. would. Right. right. But if you're showing a buyer, you should be able to forewarn them. It shouldn't be. I've been here for six months and uh, surprise. Yeah. Yeah, right, I like, agree. Right, I like agree. you should know where the schools are. You should know where the the grocery stores are, the parks. Um, is it a kid friendly neighborhood or is this more predominantly uh, single people? Right, like you should know that stuff. And you can't go like it's like you saying I'm going to serve all of the United States. Yeah, it's impossible yeah. for you to know, to know that territory. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes back to it saying where it says, "Do you want to be a big fish in a little pond, or do you want to be a little fish in a big pond?" I'm not saying you can't go out of your area, but you're probably going to be best in the area that you know the best and to be different than everybody else that's going around saying, I have a license is maybe showcased why you're the best for that area. I agree. Right. And then they always say, you know, you, you want to become a master of your craft and you cannot become a master of your craft if you're not familiar with the prominent builder in the area. And what if you want a four bedroom home versus three bedroom, what neighborhood should you be looking in? Right. Those are things that, that we want to know. And, um, you know, I'm oft, often surprised at how people a lot of people know they need to know that information, but they don't know how to find it. Right. And, you know, I, I when you're doing a CMA, one easy way to start becoming a master of your craft is stop doing those one line CMAs that just give you numbers because you don't understand it. Your client doesn't understand it. All right. So um, I, I do a live CMA. So what I do, I go back seven days and then I go back 14 days and I go through active, close, expired. I'm trying to understand the big picture of what's going on in that area, especially if I'm new to it. And if I'm going to have a listing appointment there, you, you you better believe I'm going to drive through that area and the street next door, right? The streets around it. Um, who are those builders? Like you said, understanding everything. And it, it comes with taking your time and the experience as well. Some of the some of that stuff you're never going to know until you actually talk to producers, talk to people that are doing transactions, right? 
that's going to be one of the, 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 the few ways that you can learn the nuances of your market, right? Because unfortunately, there's no Google of all the weird things that happen in Albuquerque, New Mexico, you know, there's, you're, you have to go through the experiences or talk to somebody who is to, to get, get that. And if you want to be that true professional, if you are standing in front of your clients and you understand your clients want somebody who is knowledgeable, you're going to take that time and you're going to time block the time necessary every single day or week in order to, to pick up on those tiny things, right? And you can do it 15 minutes a day. Start, start learning 15 minutes a day. Right? You're right. You're right. And that, and that's where it comes, you know, with putting in the effort. Now, a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time for that. Well, you're a new agent. Your chances are you have no clients. You have lots of time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if, if if you don't have the time to do that, then what do you have the time to do? Right. Right? Like, I mean, if you got no clients and you're not doing anything, you're trying to build clients. Right. Well, you're not going to get them with, with answering with them with, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Right? Right. So got to invest the time in there. Right. And sometimes and lead through education is the way I look at it. And and then education comes with learning and learning comes with doing the research. Right. And being okay to, to get into those situations where you're going to be asked questions you may not know, right? Getting and, and finding out those answers, right? We're, we're oftentimes scared to go into a new situation because, well, I don't know what they're going to ask or I don't know what they're going to say. Well, you're never going to know this, right? You know, go on in there and that's how you're going to find out what kind of questions they're going to ask you. You know, you're not going to know otherwise. Then you can get those answers, and then you'll be more prepared going going into the next one. Otherwise, you're not. Right. Also, at the same time, never lie about it. Right. Like, if you don't know, I would never say you don't know. You, what I would say, and this is me, I'm saying I don't have that information in front of me, but I will find out for you before our next conversation. I like it. Right. And so, it's 100% true. Yeah. And the other thing is never say you can't do something. That's another thing I've learned in business and any business. This applies beyond real estate. Always answer, yes, I can. And then bust your butt to figure out how the heck you're going to do yep. it. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> figure it out, right? And then it also gives you the opportunity to actually figure that out and to build that muscle because you're going to find, oh, crap, I did it. I did figure out how to do this, right? Well, oftentimes we're asking ourselves the wrong questions and that's why we're not progressing or going forward how can i do this not i can't do this 100%. well if i had to do it how could i absolutely see we don't lack resources we lack re resourcefulness yeah right okay. and that's the thing you just got to find the way to do something and in fact if, if the more experience the more you know the more you're worth right like i, I don't mean to be going off on a bunch of quotes I, i'm just saying <laughs> like it's it, it is it is the darn truth you know yeah. what i mean like it, you got to put in the effort and the more and we're not Anybody can go, let's be honest, anybody can go into a home, open up a door saying, this is the kitchen, like the, like the, the buyer's an idiot and doesn't know what a kitchen looks like, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it, it's what you do beyond that, yeah. that will make them either loyal to you or committed to you or just calling the next person. Right. Right. And right. that's why if you lead through education, they figure you're the resource, they're going to come to you because you're the resource. Right. And the value, right? That that that's that's that that's synonymous with the value, right? Being that education is providing that value there, and making sure that when they, if they talk to another agent, they're going to say, you know what? No, I'm getting everything I need from John. I don't need to go anywhere else, right? Exactly. And that's why I feel if you've talked to somebody and they um, and, and you go by their house uh, a week later and you see a for sale sign with somebody else's name, 
That's not that that person snaked it from you or that or the the buyer the seller was a liar or manipulated you. No, no that means you failed. You failed yep. to present your value and that other person presented the value they were looking for. Yep. And so I that, recommend getting that feedback. 100%. That's mm -hmm. what I was going to say. Find out why. You know, I would start off, you see that, you see that somebody else got it. Have a conversation. Pretend you didn't see it. Don't call up and say, hey, I saw your sign. Why the hell did you go to somebody else? <laughs> right? Like, call up and say, hey, I'm just following up. It's so-and-so. Um, I want to know what you think. Oh, you listed with somebody? Oh, okay. No worries. <laughs> you know, like, I had a feeling. But um, would you mind giving me some feedback? And what was the deciding factor? Yeah. I mean, I'm all right with you with this. Congratulations. Yeah. I, I just want to know what the uh, deciding factor is on because I'm always trying to improve myself. Yes. A hundred percent. And sometimes you'll find like, sometimes you'll find there was nothing that you could have done. Right. Like, not, yeah, I, I see a lot of times, well, we just wanted a guy or we just wanted a girl or we, you know, they, they just wanted something particular that you couldn't have done anything anyways. Right. Sometimes what ends up happening is it could be a niece or a nephew and they did not want to use family. Yeah. But when it, when um, they brought up to the daughter that they were going to sell and they did not want to use the family, that person got offended yeah. and all angry. And they thought, you know what? I don't want to uh, do this and, yeah. and have that person angry with me for the next six months. Right. So, you know what? We have an idea of what, what we want and where we're going with it. Let's go with that person and let it be. Yes. Could be that. We yeah. just never know. Never know, right? And then in, in the best case scenario, we get feedback that we can actually improve upon, right? Well, I liked so-and-so's offer or I liked so-and-so's price strategy or I liked so-and-so's whatever they said to me. Maybe you need to better educate going in next time. Maybe you need to bring that situation up and say, hey, you might go with an agent because they say they can list your house for 5,000 more. Well, here's why this concerns me. Right. Yeah. Then before they get to that next stage and you're already causing, you're causing these seeds of doubt. Yes. And yeah. you wouldn't have been able to do that without that feedback. Exactly. So then that's the thing, right? So it's, it's not just about educating them, but you're getting educated too at the same Yourself, time. A hundred percent. So 100%. I agree with you. Now going back to the scheduling thing, right? Like I said, I have every minute of every day planned out, yep. including dinner, including lunch, including, uh, you know, entertainment. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, again, I usually, I plan as much as I can a week away. And obviously I update it the night before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you uh, plan out your day? So my days are Sunday. Um, I sit down and I actually have listened to Tara Wagner. She is um, a coach on YouTube and I, I exactly love the way I'm obsessed with her. I actually got to do a little interview with her and I was just starstruck the entire time <laughs> talking to her. Um, but you know, I love how she, how she categorizes and how she sets up the schedule. And so I take my clients through the exact same setup process. And that's some of the things that we do together is time block their first couple of weeks. So they understand how to do it. Um, and I'm curious, I want to ask you, John, do you, how, how do you schedule? Cause you know how we have these things that pop up and the rest of your week is derailed. So Tara has her white space or her, do you do something similar or how do you? Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. I have, I have three different ways. Okay. I have what I like, what we call time blocked mm -hmm. and nothing's going to derail that. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a client saying, I want something. Yeah. We'll work around it. I'll get someone to do the work. You know, I'll find a teammate to do the work, you know yep. what I mean? And go. Cause I, when I deem something that important and I time blocked it, I time blocked it for a reason. 
Because that's easy. Because everybody wants to move their uh, their uh, prospecting hours to say, "I got a showing." That's more important. Yes. Yeah. You know, everybody <laughs> wants to do that, but you can always have excuses to not do something. Mm-hmm. So certain certain times, I look at it and say, "Does this have to be today?" Mm-hmm. If it has to be today, I time block it for today. There's going to be no moving it. Yep. Now I have tentative items, meaning this is what I plan to do. But if something more important. Like, for example, I want to update my um, my accounting records because taxes are coming up in a month. Mm-hmm. Well, if I do it today at 2 o'clock or I do it tomorrow at 2 o'clock, I don't think the taxman is going to care. They're just going to care that I file it uh, for yeah. June 1st. Mm-hmm. Right? So showing a client a house that has an offer date of tonight is going to take that priority. Mm-hmm. So something like that will be tentative because I'm filling in time of something that needs to be done, but doesn't need to be done today. Right. Um, so that's just an example. Now there's certain things that I have that I, um, I would highlight in red and my red highlight would basically mean that I should do this today. I should not move it, but if it's an emergency, I will move it. If it's not an emergency, I'll push whatever call ahead. And I'll give you an example. If somebody um, decides that they want to leave at five o'clock and we meet at two o'clock and I'm mm-hmm. in the red zone, I'll move the appointment to another time where I'm not in that red zone. Mm-hmm. If it's closing day and the mortgage does not approve on the last minute and they can't close, well, I'm not going to not call my clients. I'm not going to not follow up. I'm not right. going to not find a solution because I got this red zone going on. Right. You know what I mean? Like something like that will interrupt it. So yeah. it's sort of like priority level one, two, and three, depending on which in that priority is depending on how I'll react. Right. So it's like the Eisenhower matrix pretty much, right? The whole quadrant Swiss system. It's very similar to that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like yeah, that. exactly. And then I, then I have my to-do list that sometimes... For example, I planned this podcast for an hour. Had we finished in 30 minutes for whatever reason, I'd have a 30 minute open. I would get mm-hmm. my sticky notes and I would do those. Yep. Because I wasn't part of any of the plans. That's the have to do, but it's in future. <laughs> so I might yes. as well do it now. I got an open 30 minutes I didn't plan on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So yeah, with with our time blocking, right? We make sure that those income cash producing activities are in there. Uh, making sure you do have that that family time, that hobby time in there. Um, also making sure that you hold true to those times, right? The, the prospecting time, you treat it like it's an appointment with the client. You're not going to yes. show up late to that. You're not going to show up messy to that. You're not going to, um, you know, come up with a reason for not doing it. You know, you're going to show up. So it's same thing, right? Get ready, show up, open your computer and you sit down and in prospect. Um, so going through those time blocks and, and at the beginning we do a lot of, um, I don't want to say like it's a full on audit, but if you set up your time block and you didn't um, reach it, we turn it red or turn it a different color. And in the description, we write down what it was that prevented us from getting there. Then at the week, we can see all these red things. And it's funny, you'll see all these patterns and trends that you you wouldn't have realized before. So for me, when I did it, I noticed that I had a bunch of red after 530. So I realized, all right, if it's not, if it's after 530, I'm just not doing it because whatever emotional state or whatever is taking over. So if I might want to make sure it gets done, I schedule it before 530. Um, And I wouldn't have realized that without seeing it there in that calendar, right? Absolutely. And that's the thing, right? Not everybody's going to have the same kind of timetable. 
Certain people are more energetic in certain hours. Certain people are less energetic at certain hours. Um, you got to do what works for you as long as it's scheduled and you're consistent with that schedule. It can the consistency every time you cannot avoid consistency people. Unfortunately, that's, that's the one consistency. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I agree with you. So now let me ask you a uh, question for you. What was the biggest struggle you had in your venture when you started? Um, I say the biggest struggle was clarity without having any kind of clarity. My daily actions were just, I was, I was, um, I was confusing business with busyness, right? So I was doing a bunch of stuff and I was tired by the end of the day. As a matter of fact, I was exhausted by the end of the day. But when I looked back at real results, I didn't have any, or the thing that actually is bringing me the real results, I wasn't doing enough of, right? Or I wasn't acknowledging or aware of what was actually bringing me those, those real results. Um, so for a while, it's just stagnancy, right? It's, it's a feeling knowing you have so much darn potential and knowing you do, you know what you need to do. And then just seeing it not happen every single day is very frustrating, right? Especially as a coach right? You're like telling your agents and telling your, let's go, let's do this. And you're being motivated for them. And then you get off the call and you're like, ah, I guess I better do something too. You know, wait a, <laughs> so, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're a coach and you're not perfect. You're actually isn't human? that crazy. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Allowing yourself that grace is oh so important as well. Right. We're, we're so, we're so used to hearing, oh, you better be grinding 24 seven. And if, you know, if you don't make a thousand prospecting calls a day, then you're not doing what's cut out for you. Right. But it's again, like you said, it's that consistency. And if you put your head down and you're working on your three to five lead sources and you have the right mix going on, keep your head down. There's, there's no sense in, in diverting. So same with me in my situation with, with the, that, that strat, that difficulty there, just when you get clear about what you want and when I mean clear, I don't mean just you sit down for five minutes and say, I want a Volvo XC90. You know, are you not, that's not the clarity I'm talking about. I'm talking about the visualizing that, that, that feeling that you want and breaking it down all the way into the daily habits and daily actions that you need to take in order to reach that vision. Right. And when you get clear on that, consistency makes sense. You understand why consistency is so important. You understand why calling and prospecting every day is important because it's going to take you to your ultimate vision. And again, that was a Tara video for me watching um, a, a gold thing. And it was just so profound for me. It was, it was really pivotal. Um, so I say clarity is number one. If you don't know what you're looking for out of your real estate career, if you don't know going into 2022, what you want at the end of next year, don't even go forward, right? What's the point? You're just going to be digging yourself this, this crazy hole. You're going to be treading water and you're going to start sinking. Yeah. Well, it's like you're saying, if you don't know where you're going, how do you know if you got how do you there? Get there? Yeah. yeah. And it, it's when you actually sit down and, and break out those steps, it makes perfect sense. And that's something that I've started doing with, with my clients and it takes away the overwhelm. Right. And don't forget the tracking part, how important that is. Oh my gosh. It is always so important. Again, one, though, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say, that's the one thing I noticed by uh, many successful people I've talked to. Every one of them has tracked something somewhere. Yeah. And mostly one. multiple things. 
Yes. Right. They're, they're tracking their birth, their personal life. They're tracking how many times they go to the gym, how much water they drink. They're tracking their sleep or they're, they're tracking everything to make sure that they, they have the energy in order to create these massive empires. I know. Now, how do you, how do you, you brought up another point here. How do you deal with someone who says, I don't have time for something. I don't have time to do this. You know, it just adds more time and I don't have time to track. I don't have time to plan. I, you know, clients call me, I have to run and it's just so hard to do it. Just like I don't have time to go to the gym because my schedule is so busy. How do you combat that uh, comment? Well, first it's a matter of understanding why tracking is important, right? The reason that we allow it to slip is we don't understand the importance of it. When we are looking to create a predictable and stable business, which is most of us want, that's what we most, we want. We don't want this roller coaster income, right? We want to understand, hey, if we want to take a trip to Jamaica, we know how to make it happen, right? And if we're not tracking our numbers, there's no way to make that happen. I mean, if you look at McDonald's, McDonald's knows how many burgers a certain location needs to sell that day in order to make their, their, their profit margin, right? Yes. So the same with our business and we need to take it seriously and understand if we don't create, make it a priority, it's our business is just going to crumble from there. Right. It's not going to feel and look as if it's crumbling, but when we go to scale, we're going to have no idea. We don't have any solid information. So again, as simple as 10 minutes, five minutes, you sit down and think how many new conversations today, how many appointments, I mean, how long does that take? You put a reminder in your phone. You could even just as simple as a notes app and, and pop them in there, right? A lot of CRMs will do that for you. If, yes. if you if you take the time and, and find the function in the CRMs, a lot will do it for you. Um, but I really recommend understanding, you have to understand the importance or else it's not going to be a priority, right? You're right. And that's the thing. Everybody has the same 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Now, the only difference between like, and it's all hard. Let's be honest. Everything is hard. Nothing is easy, but the only difference between someone who's successful and someone who failed is that successful people know it's hard, but they do it anyways. Execution. Yeah. So uh, yeah, again, it goes back to a favorite line I heard from Tom Ferry and I used it in one of my minute Monday's episode done is better than perfect. It doesn't I, have to be yeah. perfect. It's just yeah. gotta be done. Yep. I agree. I so agree. now the next question I like to ask is that because you know that was obviously the negative of you know <laughs> what went wrong now i like to go into the positive as well yes which is what was that aha moment in your life where you you were doing something and you're unsure because we're all unsure when we start something and then all of a sudden some major event happens or something happens where you go aha i did it, <laughs> I did it. this is it yes i know i'm right <laughs> for me leaving the so when i created Purple Elephant, when I left Purple Elephant, I left a really big team and it was a nine to five job and I was full-time coach there. And I was so nervous about making the switch because number one, I loved my agents, right? I loved working with them and their success was very important to me. And I didn't want them to feel as if I was leaving that success and like leaving them. Um, I did, I made the decision. I'm a single mom. I made the decision in order to take care of the family, my family in the way that I wanted to take care of. And I didn't want to have to ask if my daughter had a function. I didn't want to have to ask to leave the office or to try to figure out how to fit it into my lunch break. Um, so once I made the switch, you know, I had all these crazy emotions and it was honestly, it was fantastic. I knew right away I'd made the right decision just 
by living my daily life and by by being able to be motivated every single day and by showing up every single day, I knew I made the right decision because otherwise my enthusiasm, I, I would have, it would have stopped, right? I wouldn't have showed up anymore. I, I knew I was making the right um, decision. And then my daughter had a jogathon at school and I drove to it. I went to it. I video recorded it. I had a blast. I went home. I went back to work. No anxiety, no guilt, no nothing. I didn't have to ask. And that moment, I was like, okay, there is no going back ever to anything nine to five, no one, nothing. It's just not happening. So when I was able to do that, I'm like, this is what everybody wants. Freedom, flexibility, like I'm doing what I want to do when I want to do it. And no one can tell me otherwise. And that was my aha moment. That's an awesome aha moment. (laughs) Yeah, that, 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 exactly. You found the reason why people do what they do. Everyone right. ventures out on their own to find that. And you did. Yep. So that's amazing. It is. So I want to be respectful of your time. So I'm going to go what I call a lightning round. Okay. And I'm going <laughs> to just uh, get a little uh, more about you personal questions, sort of like. All right. Yeah. Like, like we're going to start off with what is your favorite book? Ooh, my favorite book, Atomic Habits. It ah. is, yes. It is so awesome. I read it oof, probably a year ago. I need to bring it back in. Um, I think it's James Clear is the author. Fantastic. I mean, if you want to create habits, it makes it just so easy um, and understanding and the psychology of understanding it. So, yeah. That's awesome. I've I've read it too. I don't remember it, to be honest, but I did read it. <laughs> so I've got it like the wise. I got to read it again. Yes. Pull it back out. Um, favorite movie. Favorite movie. Oh, goodness. Do I even have a favorite movie? I'm going to go with, okay, Step Brothers <laughs> with Will Ferrell. Oh, nice. Okay. So you're along the uh, comedy kind of thing. I, yes. Like the, the goofy comedy stuff and Step Brothers is just kind of right up my alley. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Favorite podcast? Favorite podcast. I um, love the All In Real Estate podcast um, with Joe Cacciucci and David Morse. Um, it is a fantastic podcast. And I will add a second favorite, the John Papaloni Show. <laughs> Woo! I made the list. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, um, favorite food. Oh, favorite food. I love sushi and cheesecake. I cannot just do one sushi and cheesecake. It depends on the mood. So sushi. And All cheesecake. right. Now we're going to be friends for a long time here. <laughs> yeah. because, okay. You know, I can't say no to cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> my stomach says you shouldn't. Or sorry, my stomach. Yeah. My, 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 my stomach says, oh yeah. Cheesecake. Mm. <laughs> my head's going, no, 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 no. Oh, this man. is not part of the program. Yeah. And then my head's going, yeah, I don't care about the program. Cheesecake. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's cheesecake. I, That's my weakness. Cheesecake, yes. ice cream, and um, and I love sushi as well. Yes, the sushi. That is awesome. Thank so, you. I don't want to uh, take too much time. Um, so I want to say thank you for being on the show. I um, appreciate it. No, I appreciate the opportunity. Honestly. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. I, yeah, I, I had a it. really good chat. Me as well. So we'll have to do it again in the future. Absolutely, absolutely, John. And good luck on the um, launch coming up. Thank Thank you very much. Absolutely. We'll be looking out for that.